Truth and Fire, the podcast is brought to you by truthandfire.com, where we explore faith and pop culture from a witty Christian perspective. Welcome to another installment of Truth and Fire, the podcast, which picks up where Truth and Fire, the blog leaves off. I'm your host, Verite Efe, and you can find me at V-E-R-I-T-E-E-T-F-E-U on all social media platforms. Declared a global pandemic, COVID-19 has impacted political, social, and economic practices around the world. But how has it impacted the church? In today's three-part episode, we're talking about the Christian response to COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus. All of this and more when we return. of Costco where you will see empty shelves where there should be toilet paper and hand sanitizer. One reason is because of the sales. The other is fear of COVID-19. I'm not nervous because of what is happening right now. Like you can find uh, infected people anywhere, right? So, you know, we thought Toronto will be immune from it, but I don't think so, right? Today, the parking lot at this Costco in Scarborough was packed. Have you ever seen it like this before? No, it hasn't been this crowded in the daytime. One reason is that some people were stocking up as the fear of COVID-19 is growing as the illness continues to dominate headlines. It's very dangerous for the family. Must better stay in the home. It's safe. At this Walmart, skids of toilet paper were empty and it was next to impossible to find hand sanitizer. I feel really scared when you see in the TV that all the, you know, aisles are vanished, right? Especially the toilet papers and the disinfected things. So, you know, I'm trying to get it, that's it. People have also been documenting the panic on social media as well. This Twitter user shows long lines at a Costco in Markham as shoppers stock up on items. While this Twitter user showed empty shelves at a Metro by Bathurst and Spadina, the grocery store is out of hand sanitizer. The reality is there, right? But I'm not going to worry about it because, like, I got a lot of stuff at home right now anyway to cover it. But I just want to cover for a few other people that I know are, that are in dire need. Speaking off camera to workers at both Costco and Walmart, they say that they are working hard to make sure shelves are full, but are asking the public to be patient. In Toronto, Brandon Rose, City News. Welcome back. This is Season 2, Episode 2.1 of Truth and Fire, the podcast. I'm your host, Verité Feu, which simply means Truth and Fire en français. You just heard a clip from City News Toronto covering the COVID-19 prepper panic in Canada. Uh, but of course, uh, people are prepping all around the world. Last weekend, a reader told me that there was a pandemonium in Australia over toilet paper and stories have come in from around the world and of course in the U.S. Um, concerning paper towels, disinfectant wipes, face masks, rubbing alcohol, and of course, hand sanitizer shortages. So yes, indeed, people are stocking up on what they believe to be the necessities to survive COVID-19. According to the CDC, Americans uh, should plan to be in our homes for the next 30 days. So of course, we're going to need food, water, disinfectants, and da-da, toilet paper. Which brings me to an amazing point raised by the guys over at The Cultist Show, one of uh, my favorite podcasts out right now. Um, On their Instagram page, they shared a meme that really hit home to me as I was preparing for this episode. So let me take a moment to read that right now. The meme says, here are some practical ways 
all of you can practice loving your neighbor right now. Okay. Uh, it says the CDC said to have uh, 30 days of necessities on hand just in case, which means unless you have a medical problem, no one goes through 240 rolls of toilet paper in 30 days. Unless you want to fill your bathtub with Purell, no one needs five liters of hand sanitizer for 30 days. Unless you are setting up Unless you're setting up your own sterile laboratory with stage three quarantine protocols, you do not need 12 bottles of Lysol for 30 days. Unless you are expecting you will be sick with a fever every day of the, of the 30 days and you will be around others during that entire time and you replace your face mask once every 10 minutes, no one needs 800 face masks for 30 days. <laughs> Unless you are babysitting 10 babies, no one needs over 50 packages of baby wipes for 30 days because, and hear this, others need toilet paper, others need hand sanitizer, others need Lysol, others need baby wipes, others, when they are sick and have to be out in public, need masks. You are making yourself less safe by hoarding because you are making it harder for others to be safe and to take reasonable precautions against disease. So, I really liked this post and I shared it on my page, of course, um, but it was not without some type of backlash. Um, I've been dealing with backlash in one way or another this these past few days um, and as a result of everything being shut down and, of course, churches canceling their services, which I will be discussing in part three of this episode. Um, but for today, I want to talk about prepping and um the thing that I found really interesting about the individual who felt the need to push back on what I had to say, or at least what I shared from the cultish uh, show, was that uh, his sentiment, I'm assuming this is a, a male, his sentiment is basically that it's not our fault if we stock up and they don't and others don't. Like, don't be upset with us if we're prepared and they and they aren't. So his whole thing was we should be prepared um and if people can't get prepared oh well. And um to some degree there is some validity to the point of us doing our part to be prepared and people who are not prepared just find themselves, you know, out of quote unquote luck, as they say. Um, we know when we look in the New Testament and Jesus talks about his return and how the 10 um, wise virgins and the 10 foolish virgins, like the 10 wise virgins, um, they trimmed their lamps and they did what they needed to do. And the 10 foolish ones were just kind of being lax and all of that. Um, but we're not talking about Jesus's return with this particular situation. We're talking about <laughs> a government mandated, um, not necessarily quarantine just yet for everyone, but basically telling the, the general public to be prepared uh, for what may come. And the stores have more than enough for the majority of the people who would come shop um, there but if they buy the supplies in a reasonable quantity. I was actually at Target the other night. Yes, I went to Target. Get off my back. <laughs> it's near my job. So it's right. it was right there. And um, I actually have um, 
alcohol here and I have a little bit of aloe vera gel left, but I wanted to go to Target to see if I can pick up some more aloe vera gel and possibly a little bit more alcohol just so that I could practice um, finagle around with making my own hand sanitizer. I found out how to do that and I thought that was pretty novel and cool. So I wanted to try that myself. Of course, there was absolutely no alcohol left. There was not even any aloe vera gel. I don't know if people were hip to the make your own hand sanitizer thing, but there wasn't even aloe vera gel there at the store. However, um, as I looked at the shelves, the empty shelves, I saw different signs that limited the quantity of things that people could buy, like six, you know, hand soaps per family, things like that. Of course, we know that people can get around that. They buy six hand soaps in one transaction. They can leave leave out, come back in, or send someone else in to, to buy it. But the stores are trying to do their part to make sure that everyone um, within reason has access to these goods. Um, so, you know, there is some validity in the, the, the point that this individual was making about, you know, we all need to be prepared and it's not our fault if someone else doesn't prepare. Um, but that more so deals with things that... Um, a, are not a national emergency, and B, that people have had reasonable amount of time to prepare for. Um, these things are coming down like out of the blue. People are learning um, kind of in the, in the same day that they need to prepare for a certain amount of time. So in a panic, people are just running out and buying up everything that they can. And um, so I just think that it's just not very loving to hoard everything and leave others without the things that they need. And so I'll get into um, my response to that individual, but that kind of shapes the this particular uh, part of the episode. So I'm going to get into that uh, right now. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how believers are prepping and is there such thing as prepping versus hoarding, Okay. So when we talk about prepping, let's look at um, the famine in Egypt um, that uh, is discussed in Genesis 41. So in Genesis 41, we see that um, that Potiphar has a dream and that he is asking all of his magicians and his advisors about how to interpret it. And the only person in the land at the time that could interpret it was off in jail, which was Joseph. And so they call Joseph up to interpret the dream. And Joseph tells him that, okay, the dream, you had two dreams. The dreams you had seven years, the first seven years were of plenty. The second seven years were of, of famine and that the Lord you know, sent you this dream twice because it will be, it is established because it is going to happen soon. And so Joseph, using the wisdom that the Lord gave him, was advising uh, Pharaoh and in, in, in Egypt how to um, prepare for the famine. Um, so one thing that he was instructed to do was that he was to, let's see, I have my notes here. So the Lord instructed him to take one fifth of the produce of the land right over the course of the seven years of plenty and store it away okay and so in the years of the seven years of famine he was able to then make provisions for those who came to him um and so one thing i thought was really interesting about these preparations is that a they were very specific being from the lord of course right so when we look at these prepping things for um the cdc or whoever else is giving out these directives about be prepared or go buy this or go buy that there, everything is kind of up in the air. This this mandate that the cultist show was talking about, not mandate, I'm sorry, this 
this uh, advisory or the suggestion from the CDC. It, it was just that a suggestion. That's number one. Um, number two, they said just in case, right? Whereas with Joseph's situation, this was a guaranteed thing. This was something that God made very, very clear was going to happen. It is going to happen. So you need to have a certain amount of food on hand so that you guys can survive the seven years, right? So the CDC, while they're telling you to have a, have a, enough necessities to last you for 30 days, there's not any there's not any real specific um, directive um, on exactly what it is you should buy, what the quantity should be, or anything like that. So people are just buying as much as they feel uh, like they need and then some, right? So it's getting to the point of being greedy and hoarding and there's no real rhyme or reason behind what people are buying. Um, whereas with the famine in Egypt, um, the instructions for Joseph were very specific. He had one-fifth of the produce. He didn't get greedy and say, okay, I'm going to put away one-fifth of the produce and I'll take another fifth and put it back for myself. He, he did exactly as he was instructed. The other thing is that he had seven years to plan for this. So he was able to store things up over at, at a, in set increments over time to make sure that A, the planning was done um, in an in a orderly fashion and in a wise fashion so that the goods, the produce of the land that was available during the years of plenty was still, there were still things there for people to eat and enjoy. Um, but there was also enough for him to put away. He didn't just take, he didn't go, oh, the Lord said, give, put away one fifth. I'm going to put away three fifths and feed people with the, with the final two fifths that that's not what happened. Um, so there was some, there was specific instructions and there was also, um, a specific time frame in which he was able to, to do these things. So there was no stress. There was no anxiety. There was no panic. There was no greed involved. There was no hoarding involved. He did what the Lord instructed him to do over the specific amount of time and, and, and bringing in this, the uh, specific amount. Okay. Um, and as I speak about this, this is actually bringing me to, um, the example that Paul shared about giving, um, I want to say it was in second Corinthians eight. I could be wrong. Let me look it up really quickly. Um, uh, let's see, I think it's in second Corinthians. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Second Corinthians eight. Um, and one thing that he talked about, I'm just going to give the general things trying to look for it. I'll be, I'll be doing this for a while, but I remember reading this before and Paul was basically saying, set aside a certain amount over a course of time, right? And so when you're doing this, you're not only being prudent, right? You're lessening your, your anxiety because you can plan. I put away, you know, $2. Uh, if I know that I want to give $60 by the end of the month, I'm going to put a, put away $2 a day or whatever your plan giving is, right? So giving um, whatever the Lord sets in your heart to give, right? You start making arrangements, adjustments for doing that, right? So in this situation with, with, um, with, with uh, Joseph in Egypt, he wasn't necessarily planning to quote unquote give, but he was, he was preparing to make provisions um, as the Lord had instructed. So when we look down further to Genesis 41 verses 56 and 57, um, we see that Joseph had enough to supply out of the abundance that he had stored up, right? So he had enough to supply all the countries that came to him. So he wasn't just um, someone, the, the individual who um, 
had who took issue with the post about not hoarding um, and, and, and saying that, oh, well, I prepared. They should have prepared, too. This individual didn't take into account that Joseph was making provisions for pretty much the whole world at that point. Right. Of course, the world was smaller at that time. But the word says all the countries right of the world came to Joseph right for provisions or came to Egypt for provisions. That's how much they had enough to supply the needs of the whole world. So if someone is looking to um, buy up all the toilet paper, hopefully their their desire would be to turn around and make provisions for people in their neighborhood or to make deliveries to people in their church who couldn't make it out to the market. So if you're buying more than a certain amount um, or more than you need, prayerfully what you're buying is enough to uh, the the excess that you have is going to go to someone else, right? Um, not selling it for an upcharge or anything like that, but making it available. If you want to sell it, you know, that's your business. But, you know, if you bought the toilet paper for, you know, $7 for, you know, I don't know, for six rolls, then you shouldn't turn around and sell the toilet paper for like 20 bucks. You know, that's just, you know, hobby robbery, right? So, at the end of the day, we see that um, the abundance that he had was meant for sharing um, or for making provisions for those um, in need, right? And so if we look at Deuteronomy 15, um, 7, Matthew 5 and 42, and 1 John 3 through 17, these verses speak to giving to those in need, give to those who ask, um, uh, is what Matthew 542 says Deuteronomy 15 7 talks about making um, uh, food available or things available to the poor uh, or the less fortunate first John 3 17 is also talking about uh, seeing a brother in need and not helping him oh you know just if you see a brother in need you as a believer should be making their their need uh, supplying their need right that's what we do that's how we help one another in the body that's how we love one another that's how the world knows that we belong to the Lord um, by our love for one another right so um this also this topic also made me think about the verse uh, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Um, this is from Proverbs 13, 22. Um, one thing that is so interesting about the Lord that even if we dis are disobedient or have a wicked heart concerning hoarding, he's going to make sure that we have to give that stuff away anyway. <laughs> so you would, you would pray that what you're giving away is something that you're giving away freely, not because you lost it, not because you... Um, you know, gambled it away or, 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 um, you say you got a storage unit and you put all your, your non-perishable items in a storage unit and then one month comes and you can't pay your storage. And the next thing you know, your storage unit is being auctioned off. So at the end of the day, um, the, you know, the Lord, the Lord is sovereign and the Lord is good. And he's going to make sure that those who are doing things, um, wickedly or, or working iniquity, um, he's going to make sure that the righteous are still benefited. So that's something I take, um, I have a lot of peace in concerning this whole topic of prepping. Um, the situation with not finding um, alcohol, that wasn't necessarily a need, I'm okay. But if there was something I went to the store for and I absolutely needed it and I didn't find it, I I would just simply have to rely on the Lord and, and just um, 
and, and be and, and be faithful and know that the Lord will supply. And the Lord is good in that he does do these things. Someone somewhere somehow is going to have what I need and I'm going to get it. So um, out of that abundance that someone else has, um, I will I will receive or maybe the wicked will lose something or be in, put in a position where they have to sell it to me or something like that at a lower cost or whatever the case may be. But it's going to happen. So that's one thing I do take refuge um, in. But um, my point in all of this is that at the end of the day, um, when we are prepping, one thing that we need to do, um, if we're prepping in wisdom, we need to be prepping according to the Lord's instructions, which are specific. We need to be prepping um, according to a specific time period and re- reasoning uh, with how much we actually do need. Making a list, being very prepared. What man does this and that? What man builds a house without counting the cost, right? So if we know that we want to prepare for 30 days, there is wisdom in making a list, deciding on what we actually need, as opposed to just running out to the store and just grabbing whatever we can and end up grabbing things either that we don't actually need, that someone else may have needed and we took it off the shelves because we were afraid or um, getting thing, getting too much of something, right? So that's, um, or too little. So that's just um, something that we want to consider regarding the wisdom in prepping. Joseph prepped in wisdom. He did not prep um, for his own gain, but for the benefit of, honestly, the whole world. Um, he had specific instructions. He had a specific amount. He had a specific time period. And when the famine actually hit, he knew how long um, exactly uh, he would be rationing out um, the the goods that he had stored away. Okay. And he was also very prudent in that time, right? People came to him who weren't his people. He was able to um, sell the foods to them. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't selling things to them, um, for highway robbery, but based on what they got, you know, whatever they had to give. And, and in this, in these situations, they actually were offering these things to him. He didn't, you know, he wasn't like, give me your land and all your this and all your that and all this, you know, all of everything that you have. And then I'll give you a mor- morsel of bread. They came to him and said, Hey, we will sell ourselves to you. We will sell our land. This is all we have. And it's like, okay, well, if that's what you want to do. Here you go. You know, here's your, here's your stuff. So there is some, there is some wisdom and some prudence involved. Same, same word, but uh, there is some prudence involved in um, handling your affairs. Um, but when you are doing things out of greed, when you're doing things out of fear and out of panic, you tend to not exercise wisdom and you tend to be very unloving and, um, and, uh, and very selfish. So um, for now, I'm going to take a very quick break. But when I come back, I'm going to uh, talk about the difference between uh, prepping and um, prepping and hoarding and how you know when you're actually how, how to know when you're hoarding. OK, so take a listen to this message and I'll be right back. Hey guys, Verite Fu here. Some of you guys have asked for ways to support Truth and Fire, so here's three. Number one, subscribe to the blog and the podcast. It's the best way to stay up to date on our latest content. Number two, purchase merchandise from the Truth and Fire shop. We've got shirts, hats, phone covers, laptop covers, and other neat pieces to help you represent. Visit www.truthandfire.com forward slash shop. Number three, partner with us on Patreon. We have four tiers to choose from, so pick one and unlock the benefits of your support. 
find us at www.patreon.com forward slash truth and fire. Thank you guys so much for listening. Welcome back. Okay, so uh, today we're talking about uh, Christians and COVID prepping. So basically, this is the first of a three-part episode where I'm discussing the Christian response to the coronavirus um, and all of the uh, all of the panic and everything going on around that. Um, so in the last segment, I was talking about um, the wisdom in prepping and what that looks like. And so we had an example from um, Genesis 41 with Joseph had, as he prepared for the famine. Um, he knew that the famine was coming um, by, by God's wisdom. Uh, not only did he know it was coming, he uh, received uh, specific instructions on how to prepare for it. He had a specific amount of food that he put away. Um, he had a specific amount of time in which he was putting the food away. And he had a specific amount of time for which he was preparing, right? And so um, he didn't prepare in haste. He didn't do anything out of anxiousness or or selfishness or greed. He just followed the Lord and was faithful and um, was able to help the whole world um, that... Uh, that, that came to him um, as a result. Now let's talk about um, let's talk about uh, selfishness. Let's talk about prepping or hoarding, right? So there's there's preppers, and then there's just people who hoard because of, you know out of fear, right? Um, one verse that I really really like um, that I read in Second Corinthians eight um, was from Second Corinthians eight fifteen. I believe this verse originally was in Deuteronomy, and it says, "He who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack." I love that verse. That verse is something that I read years ago when I first recognized um, uh, that Christians no longer are uh, required to tithe. Okay, we still give an offering, but as far as the, giving the tenth, that is a that is something that was done under the law. Um, keep in mind that under the Old Testament, um, Israel was was learning about the character of God. They were learning um, the laws of God, and they had a lot of uh, rules and regulations uh, to follow because they had not received the Holy Spirit, right? So they were being guided by the Lord himself, of course, external to themselves. Um, and so he had to tell them what they needed to do um, and how to give. But ultimately, um, now, of course, in, in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit who uh, tells us what to give, right? So we give out of what we are able and as the Holy Spirit uh, guides us um, and we don't give, um, uh, we give cheerfully and we don't give um, out of necessity or under compulsion, right? And so, but anyway, I went on a tangent there. But anyway, so this particular verse is talking about how those who have a lot, right? If you have a lot already, um, you should not have anything left over because out of the abundance that you have, that difference, when you take away what you need, you reasonably need to survive or do what it is that you were going to do, you should be then giving the other amount away. As the Lord, of course, leads you, but you should be making provisions for those in the body who do not have. Have, right. And so in the, the latter part of the verse, and it says, and he who gathered little had no lack, even though they gathered little, they had no lack 
because they were receiving out of the abundance of those who actually had, right? Um, I think it's in Thessalonians that talks about the rich man. So the rich person, people, I know those of us who've come out of the prosperity gospel and the word of faith movement, um, you know, initially there's like, oh, you know, a rich person, there's, there's nothing wrong with a believer having wealth. There's nothing wrong with that. The issue comes when the person worships their wealth. Some people, the Lord has will to be wealthy and in the body of Christ, those individuals would then be those who would provide for whatever needs a particular member has or a particular church um, mission or or ministry um, need or whatever. Those individuals would be giving out of their abundance for the um, for the furtherance of the gospel, for the sake of of the things of God and, and to the glory of God. And so ultimately, when we are giving, um, when we are gathering, right, we should be gathering, understanding that whatever abundance we have, we should be willing to give that over. But if you prep, and especially in response to this COVID situation, if you're prepping and you have no desire or no, no concern or plan to, you know, give over some of those additional 250 rolls of toilet paper you have in your in your garage <laughs> if you have no plans for that and that's just for you and you're just stocking up there's there's something to be said about people who stock up for the year some people do that some people buy things that they need but of course they need that for the year they're planning just like joseph did to, to survive for a particular amount of time right but if you're just for the next 30 days, as the cultish um, shows um, me mentioned, if for the next 30 days, if your whole intention of buying all, all the toilet paper and hand sanitizer is just to have it, um, that's hoarding. If you um, step out to gather out of fear and not faith, that's hoarding. So this actually uh, brings to my remembrance now. Um, uh, the story of the manna for those who hoard. It made me think about the manna, the bread of, from heaven um, in Exodus 16. I think I mentioned earlier that it was from Deuteronomy about he who gathers much has little left over, but he who get, has nothing left over, but he who gathers uh, little has no lack. That's actually from Exodus. So this Exodus 16. Um, and in that story, for those of us who are familiar with it, it's basically when um, the children of Israel began to complain about wishing that they um, were back in uh, Egypt where they were able to eat and all this other stuff because now they're hungry and they're out here in the wilderness, blah, 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 right? So um, they are complaining and the Lord being gracious, um, he wasn't pleased, but being gracious, he um, had Moses and Aaron let them know that he would provide for them um, quail and manna, bread from heaven. And so the directive was gather what you need for each day because the Lord provides, right? He supplies our daily bread. He supplies our daily needs. So he gave them enough to gather for each day what they needed for themselves and their household. Um, and on the sixth day, he gave them enough to satisfy them for two days, right? And so they were supposed to gather twice as much um, on the on the sixth day so that they wouldn't have to go out and work on the Sabbath day, which was the day of rest. And so they would have enough for what they needed on that particular day. But some disobeyed the directive and decided to store up additional, um, additional manna on the like a regular day like maybe the fourth day for example and so when they 
held back the additional amount for the next morning, it ended up spoiling and it stank and it like, you know, reeked of worms and all these things. And so this takes me back to the earlier point about how um, the Lord will ensure that what you hoard, you will eventually find yourself losing, right? If you're doing something um, in, in addition to what the Lord has has asked you to do, you will see loss. You will see um, a loss of those things that you're hoarding. So it doesn't benefit us in the long run to hoard up things that we don't need because eventually we're going to have to give them away anyway. Um, and so it's better that we do we give it away um, to the glory of the Lord as opposed to um, under, uh, under punishment. So just keep that in mind, right? And if you want to know whether or not you are prepping out of fear, Consider how you feel when you think about if you get to the grocery store and there's no toilet paper. Consider how you'd feel. Consider if if when you are thinking about this, your immediate thought is, oh, let me get down to the store because if I get down there and there's no paper towels or someone may have the last paper towels or if you see the stock person rolling out a new box of bounty and you, you know, have this desire to raise up and like knock everybody else down to get it you are prepping out of fear and not out of wisdom okay so consider these things um as you are um doing your due diligence to prepare but some people are going a little bit overboard we have medical professionals who can't even wear uh face masks anymore at the hospital because um so many suppliers are out of stock because the everyday consumer has hoarded them, right? Um, hand sanitizer, baby wipes. Uh, uh, one of my readers, uh, awesome young lady in the Lord, um, was sharing that she couldn't even find baby wipes for her kids. So um, people just really love your neighbor. Consider what everyone else needs. Consider um, how you would feel if you got to the store and couldn't find exactly what you needed. Um, and just just consider other people. Have compassion, right? Um and what else was I going to say? Yeah, so um, let me take a really quick break. I'll be right back. Um, when I come back, I want to talk to you guys about um, my response to the individual who pushed back, okay? So when I come back, we'll talk about that, and then we'll get ready to close out this part of episode two. Stay tuned. Hey guys, Verite Fu here. Some of you guys have asked for ways to support Truth and Fire, so here's three. Number one. Subscribe to the blog and the podcast is the best way to stay up to date on our latest content. Number two, purchase merchandise from the Truth and Fire shop. We've got shirts, hats, phone covers, laptop covers, and other neat pieces to help you represent. Visit www.truthandfire.com forward slash shop. Number three, partner with us on Patreon. We have four tiers to choose from, so pick one and unlock the benefits of your support. Find us at www.patreon.com forward slash truth and fire. Thank you guys so much for listening. Welcome back. Okay, in the last segment, I was just um, giving a quick overview of what prepping out of fear looks like. So basically, if you are gathering things um, with no real plan, no real rhyme or reason, you're just getting it because it's there. You're getting it um, to hoard for yourself and not to share with others. Um, you're getting it um, 
uh, in, in fear and the way that you know it's out of fear because you feel anxious about it and you feel like you need to rush down to your local grocery store to buy up as much of whatever they have as possible. That is definitely out of fear. There is wisdom in prepping, but prepping only requires you to get what you anticipate you're going to truly need for a specific amount of time. Anything beyond that is greed, it's hoarding, it's fear, right? The children of Israel operated out of distrust for what the Lord would provide for them. He, he told them that he would provide for them every day. They didn't trust that and they decided on a day that they weren't um, supposed to, um, they decided to hold back additional an additional amount and that's not what the Lord directed them to do. But when they actually held back the additional amount for the day that he did tell them to store up, everything was fine. So let's, let's take heed of what the Lord would have us do in this season. If we're prepping for 30 days, prep for 30 days. If it needs to be for two weeks, prep for two weeks. But when we try to um, prep for more than what we truly will need, we will find ourselves either losing um, what we stored up um, or just, um, just finding ourselves, showing ourselves to be distrusting of the Lord. And that's not something, of course, that, you know, he would have us display. Um, I have something written down here where at the end of the day, for those of us who would be tempted to hoard as much as we can, we have to keep in mind that we don't really know what's going to happen next. So, so what if you buy 14 bottles of hand sanitizer? Um, you know, what if you run out of that 14 bottles after who, who's to say that this thing won't go on for another two or three years? So you're going to run out the, the 14 bottles of hand sanitizer, then what? So it's like, are you really going to ever be prepared enough? There's really not enough to be prepared for. All we can do is go by what we know and just truly trust the Lord through it all, right? Because the Lord provides our needs. He provides our daily bread. He provides for um, for us each day. And so sufficient enough uh, for today is his own troubles. Do not worry, as Jesus says in Matthew 6. Do not worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear, right? Sufficient enough for today is today's troubles. So today we're told that we need to store it for a, a, set, a set amount of time. We need to reason what that amount of uh, what the, the, the that amount of goods would be. I'm sorry, I'm stuttering. Um, decide what that amount of goods will be and store up accordingly. But other than that, we just have to trust the Lord. Okay, so let's just try not to operate out of a spirit of fear because the Lord has not given that to us. And at the end of the day, whatever we store up, it will perish. Um, as Jesus said, okay, so don't store up for yourselves treasure, treasures on earth because moth and rust can get to it. So, um, and so quickly, let me read my response to the individual um, who took issue with the cultish, um, with the cultish um, post, okay? And because um, I, I think that'll really pretty much sum up what the purpose of this episode is. Um, about okay so the person hold on let me find it I didn't realize how much they said okay uh so this person says this is unwise referring to the cultish um post this is unwise so because most fail to prepare those who are stocked up are hoarders that's nonsense so was Joseph a hoarder no okay so my response was basically, um, 
Good question. I'm actually working on a podcast for this very topic. But to answer your question now, the point of the post is to buy what you reasonably need. Joseph didn't hoard. He saved up only one fifth of the produce from the years of plenty as instructed. And when the famine hit, he had enough to make provisions for every country that came to him for aid. His storing up wasn't for his personal benefit, but for the benefit of many. Unless in buying up all the paper towels you plan to help out others, whether they planned or not, you're buying everything up and is sin. Um, lastly, uh, not everyone has the money to buy much, so you can't say everyone necessarily failed to plan. Some just lack the ability to get what you got. Okay, so that goes back to what I said in the opening about how people are trying to, people might try to compare this to the 10 wise virgins and the 10 foolish virgins, but we're not talking about the Lord's return when we go out to buy hand sanitizer, okay? I, I get people, may, oh, well, the concept is the same. Not quite. And here's how. One, the Lord is very, very clear about he's returning what his laws are he's calling all men to repent he's been very patient right he's been very um uh like like uh, peter says uh, the lord is not slack in his promise it's common right but he's been very patient until the fullness of those who will believe come in and so ultimately the world is going to get every nation is going to get the gospel so no one's going to be caught off hand in this particular situation we have people who are honestly caught off guard. Some people just don't have the funds, right? They don't have the means to just go out and buy whatever it is that they need. Some people live paycheck to paycheck, not necessarily because they're irresponsible, but because that's just their lot in life right now, right? They may be in school working to get a better um, a better job, but right now this is where they are, or they just may have, they may have just had an emergency come up. My point is we can't judge um, everyone on the surface, right? We are not to judge by appearance. We don't know that the reason why someone doesn't have something is because they failed to plan, right? They may not, they honestly may not have the, the, um, the resources, right? And so if, unless you're stocking up for the sake of thinking about those individuals, um, and when I say stock up, I mean like getting more than what you need is, is what I'm trying to say. Stocking up, that in and of itself is not the problem. But when you're getting more than what you need, believing that at some point you might need that stuff, that's hoarding. Okay. And I just said that and that just hit different for me because I have a way of hoarding clothes and I need to go deal with that. <laughs> but that's what we're talking about. Um, so we just want to be wise. We want to be considerate of, of other people. We want to be considerate of the fact that other people have needs and children and even illnesses that they need to be prepared to deal with. And by buying everything, we're not being very loving of our neighbor. Um, and so this brings me to um, the posts from the Old Testament where the Lord is giving Israel an idea of what his character is and how they should be as a people. Um, coming out of Egypt, they had to learn about how to um, consider others and to remember that they were once a foreigner in a foreign land. They were once a slave, right? They were once mistreated. And so one thing that the Lord reminds them of or, or tells them to do in Leviticus 23, 22, he said, 
in Leviticus 23, 22, he says, and when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge, nor shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. Can you get that out right? I am the Lord your God, okay? Um, I love when the Lord says, I'm the Lord your God. It's like he's reminding us like I'm the Lord your God. I this, I am. This is my character. This is how I handle things. So I want you to be holy, for I am holy. That's what I get from that when He says, "I am the Lord your God." So He, I'm holy, so you be holy. I would not do this, so you don't do this, right? So now going to Deuteronomy 24, uh, 19, it says, "When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it." It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. Okay, so um, the, even though this is dealing with um, gathering the harvest and things like that, the premise or the the lesson from this is at the end of the day, don't be greedy. So I think I'm pretty much there with everything I want to share for um, everything I want to share for this particular part of the episode. Um, in episode two, two and two, three, I'm going to be talking about the uh, Christian and uh, COVID, uh, the COVID um, re- requirement for physical contact. I'm going to also be talking about um, church closures. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Um, Keep everyone in prayer. Look out for those individuals at your church who may be one of those individuals who couldn't make it to the market. There's also the elderly. There's people who are sick who just could not get what they needed um, and may not have family who can readily provide it for them. So we as believers, we are family first um, of, of one another. So let's look out for those individuals called check on them um take them what they take what take them what they need um and just 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 love your neighbor man it's if, if the lord says the two greatest commandments are to love god and the second one is just like it to love your neighbor as yourself and if we could just do that the the world would be a better place but we already know that everyone's not going to do that however we in christ should because god is holy Um, Therefore, we should be holy. Uh, So with that said, that is going to conclude uh, part one of episode two regarding the Christian response to the coronavirus. I hope you would tune in to episodes 2.2 and 2.3. If you have any thoughts or a discussion um, that you'd like to have concerning this topic, please do feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I am not on Twitter at the moment. I am on a self-imposed hiatus, still considering whether or not I'm going to return to the platform. Um, I've just not found it productive and uh, it just leaves too much room for um, for the flesh and uh, opportunities to sin and to stumble. And so for me right now, I'm trying to decide if this is something that will be wise for me. Because what does Jesus say? If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. So um, I would rather just delete my Twitter page than to and lose all my followers than be involved in some mess or misunderstanding that is really hard to explain because everything is 140 characters um, and I don't have time to be writing threads all day long to, to expound. 
that's what Instagram is for. (laughs) So with that said, thanks guys so much for listening. I appreciate your ears. I also appreciate your eyes with reading Truth and Fire, the blog. And I do hope that you consider, uh, consider supporting Truth and Fire, both the blog and the podcast in whatever form you uh, see fit. As you may have heard during the breaks, I have a little commercial, if you will, (laughs) concerning the Truth and Fire shop, as well as ways to support Truth and Fire through Patreon. So if that's something you'd be interested in doing, please do so. Um, The way everything's set up right now, I might have to go go into doing Truth and Fire full time. (laughs) Um, But by God's grace, um, I am working. I have at least two jobs right now. At one point I have four jobs, guys, I have four jobs. I have to explain that another day. Um, but right now I have two jobs and I'm very grateful and, uh, looks like provisions are being made for me to continue working during this crisis. So I'm grateful for that. Keep a girl in your prayers and I will do the same for you all. And I look forward to speaking with you again in episodes 2.2 and 2.3. Thank you for listening. Truth and Fire, the podcast has been brought to you by truthandfire.com, where we explore faith and pop culture from a witty Christian perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, let us know. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Verite Efu. That's V-E-R-I-T-E-E-T-F-E-U. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We hope you'll join us next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you.